Well, if you've just uh, joined us, do want to welcome you again to uh, Junction Church live stream. We're back to a super skeleton crew, even smaller than before because of uh, new COVID rules. So uh, we used to pack out the stage. I had a hard time fitting everybody up here, but now we're getting smaller and smaller. But uh, eventually this will we'll, uh, change back to the way it was. I'm back to, you can't see it, but uh, Pinky, my stuffed animal, that's who I preach to. Uh, knowing the camera is there, but uh, I do want to welcome you all. And uh, today we are going to talk uh, on the subject of um, unhindered access, and uh, we're going to speak on Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, and let me just read this text. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it most. The NIV puts it this way, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The Passion Translation puts it this way, now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. And this is a, a beautiful passage. And uh, there are a number of just really important uh, truths we can receive from this passage. First of all, it says that we can actually confidently go in to the throne room of grace, that we can actually boldly go in. If you picture doing something with confidence and, and picture doing something with boldness, this is actually the way we can enter into the very throne room of God, if you will. And it pictures the idea of walking in unafraid. It pictures the idea of walking in knowing that, that, that God is looking at you with eyes of peace and with eyes of love. Otherwise, you couldn't do this. You wouldn't be able to walk in boldly or with confidence. Uh, we also know a truth in this text is that we can actually walk in with boldness and with confidence even when we are not doing well, even when we are broken and we're falling apart and things aren't lining up and we're not maybe living into, into the calling of God in our life, that we still can go in boldly and confidently because it says that we come in in our time of need. And maybe today you find yourself in a time of, of need. And, and all of us do in certain ways. That There are needs we have. There's that brokenness that we all carry. And yet, even with that brokenness, we can boldly go in and confidently go into the throne room of grace. And of course, this text also uh, uh, implies to us that, that God is ready to receive us and that He's pleased when we do this and that He is more than willing to hand out grace and mercy upon us. And, and so I want to begin by, by talking about this first uh, part of this, that we can actually confidently and boldly go into the very throne room of God. And this is, goes against the very idea of, of negative religion, or religion, if you will, because religion, in its kind of negative sense, always wants to have a bunch of rules and regulations and laws and barriers and roadblocks and walls that you have to climb over in order to get to the presence of God in order to get to the throne room. But this text just says we can boldly and confidently go in. If you're in Christ, you can boldly and confidently go in that there is no barriers or roadblocks or obstacles or rules or regulations. And 
when this text was first written, I mean, there were temples all over the place. Uh, there was, uh, and, and throughout history, there have been temples, and, and most temple systems work that there's a God in there somewhere, and, and again, to get to that God, you've got to do all these things, and maybe you have the right sacrifices, and do the right things in order to get to the throne room, and, and yet our text says we can just boldly and confidently go right in. And this is kind of based off the idea, and I'm going to use the old temple uh, system of the Old Testament to kind of describe the, the, the fact that there are no barriers, there are no more rules and regulations to climb over to get to the very presence of God. And, and in, in the Old Testament system, if you read through the Old Testament, you'll come across a temple system, and this temple system had barriers and rules and regulations to get to the presence of God. And in the middle of that temple was something called the Holy of Holies, or the Most Holy Place, which was symbolic of the very throne room of God, of the presence of God. And there was no way you could ever boldly or confidently go into the Most Holy Place. In fact, according to Hebrews and the texts and traditions, um, it says this, that there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the Most Holy Place. Only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. Only once a year someone could even go in there. And, and it wasn't a bold or confident thing. They went in there with a lot of fear and trembling. In fact, some Jewish traditions tell us that when that high priest would go in once a year, that they had bells attached to their robe and a, and a rope attached to their foot in case the guy died in there. And no one else could go in because only one person could go in, and that way they could pull the, the high priest out in case he died in the presence of God. I mean, it was a very scary thing, and, and only one person could go in there once a year. And so if you were lucky enough, or maybe not lucky enough, to be the high priest, you could actually go into the very throne room of God. But if you weren't the high priest, uh, you were just a normal priest, well, then you were regulated, uh, you were pushed a little further out of the temple. You could go where you could perform certain duties as a, as a male priest. You couldn't, females couldn't go there, but a male priest could go there, and you could only be a priest if you had the right lineage, the right color skin, the right race. You had, had the right lineage. You could be a priest, and so you could get a little bit closer to the most holy place, but still you were pushed back. Now, if you happen to be a male who was Jewish, again, the right race, right color, skin, you know, and you were a male Jew, you could, you were still, you were pushed back a little bit further, but you could still get kind of close to the most holy place, and, and this was called the, the court of Jewish men. You could go there, but if you were a female, if you were uh, a Gentile, you were an outsider, you, you could never get that close to the throne room of God. Now, if you happen to be a female, uh, Jewish person, again, the, the right lineage, the right race, the right color skin, and you were a female, you could get to this, this por portion of the temple. Again, because of your gender, uh, you are pushed back even further from the most holy place, but at least you could get sort of close. And then there was this wall around uh, the temple, it was called the Soreg, and this was a wall, it was about three to, to four feet high, and this was the wall in which if you were not the right race or the right color skin, you can go across it. If you were a Gentile, if uh, you were someone in not right standing, you weren't following the right rules and regulations, you, you, you could not cross this wall. And so you were really pushed back from the presence of God, from the, the, the holy of holies. In fact, 
in archaeolo uh, archaeological finds, we actually find some of the old signs that were on this wall. And, and just, just picture how loving and kind and inviting this sign is when it comes to the temple of God. That's what the sign said. No foreigner is allowed in the courtyard or within the wall surrounding the temple. Whoever enters will invite death for himself. A nice way to invite people to church, huh? You know, uh, but there was this wall, and, and you could not cross it unless you were, full, you were the right race and right color skin, and, and if you're the right gender, you could go this further, and if you were a male, you could go further. If you were a priest, you could go further. If you were a high priest, then once a year, freaking out, you could go into the most holy place. And this was kind of this temple st uh, structure with rules and regulations and raw laws and, and boundaries. And by the way, when Jesus cleansed the temple, and he overturned the money changers and grabbed that whip and chased everybody out. Uh, it had to do with the soreg. Because uh, most scholars think that all of the marketplace was set uh, up in the place where Gentiles could come and worship. And, and because there were so many market, that, that even the Gentiles were pushed further outside of the temple. And Jesus said, hey, this is to be a house for all nations. And yet rules and laws and boundaries and pushing people away from the very throne room of God. But now we step in to the reality of Jesus. I mean, Jesus, in, in essence, came in to end his own religion, if you will, when he showed up to end this, this system of pushing people away from the very throne room of God and the system of rules and regulations and dividing people by gender and race and class. There's a text in Ephesians which uh, New Testament scholar Klein Snodgrass says is the most significant church text in the entire New Testament. And this is what it says. It says, you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When, in his own body, on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. And we may not notice this because, you know, it's written 2,000 years ago, but this phrase here, some translations have the wall of division, this one says the wall of hostility, it is a direct reference to the soreg in the temple. This dividing wall that pushed out Gentiles and they couldn't go across, they couldn't get close to the temple. Jesus has torn down the wall. He has torn down those divisions and it goes on to say that he has ended the system of laws and commandments and regulations because now we have access to the most holy place. There is no barriers and rules and regulations that we have to try to cross in order to get to the holy of holies. He, he, uh, Klein Snodgrass says this, the attitude of this world is best expressed in the phrase, you're different from me and I resent you for that. We create barriers between races, nations, religions, genders, social and economic classes, denominations, schools, communities, teams, and families. Differentiation is necessary for identity but the human tendency to create barriers is a distortion and a sin. Distinction and uniqueness do not have to lead to division. The erection of barriers results from the way we attribute value, that is by devaluing those who are different. And this is the way the religious system often works. 
You know, I'm okay with God, but you're not. And we're going to erect walls and rules and barriers for you because you're different from me. You've got to work harder. You've got to jump through certain hoops. And it just pushes people away from the very answer of the universe, which, which is God. Jesus came to destroy the soreg, the dividing wall. He came to pull away these rules and regulations. In fact, when we think about the idea of, of the court of, of, of women and the court of men and the court of priests, even that has been destroyed in, in Jesus. Galatians 3 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And enter our text, which says, if you're in Christ Jesus, doesn't matter who you are, you can boldly go in to the very throne room of grace. Now, uh, right before the Holy of Holies, there was this just ginormous curtain. Again, only one person could go into the most holy place once a year as the high priest. And there was this ginormous curtain. Again, we see Jesus destroying the soreg. We see Jesus removing barriers between men and women and Jew and Gentile. And then he removes this final barrier, the curtain that separates the most holy place from mankind. Like speaking about Jesus on the cross in Matthew 27, it says, When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And it's speaking about the separation that separated everybody from the most holy place. It's like God ripped that curtain open and said, open house, come on in. There's no more barriers. There's no more barriers and rules and regulations to, to keep you from the presence of God. Or as Hebrews 10 says, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And again, this text mentions going in with confidence. Now, when you picture yourself, I mean, maybe going into the most holy place, going into the throne room of God, do you ever picture yourself coming in with confidence? Or do you come in with fear and, and trembling and, you know, I better, I better sing three songs before I come in. I better read my devotions. I better do a whole bunch of good. I got to follow some sort of rule and regulations. I got to jump over some sort of wall before I can come confidently in. No. In Christ, it is finished. The rules are removed. The regulations are gone. The barriers are removed. And if you walk in to the throne room of grace and you're walking with confidence and all of a sudden you, you're, you're reminded of some sin or some brokenness in your life, just again, remind yourself, it is finished. Sin has been dealt with. There is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. God is not there shaming you. Three times in the New Testament, it says that whoever is in Christ will never be put to shame. Three times it says that because sin has been dealt with. The curtain has been torn. The barriers and, and things in the way have been removed. In a sense, uh, we can just boldly go past the soreg and boldly go past the court of men and boldly go past the, or the court of women and past the court of men and past the court of priests and, and right in with full confidence. That's what this text tells us. That is the power of the work of Jesus. There is no more access. In a sense, uh, it's like this has become your home. And, uh, and the one place I actually walk into with, with boldness and confidence is, is my own home. 
And I can show up at my home. I don't knock on the door. I don't ring the doorbell. I can walk in with such confidence because I know it's my home and I, and, and I feel at peace and I feel safety. And I walk in with, 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 with you know, it's because it's my home. And in essence, when that curtain is torn, it says God is saying, now this is your home. You don't need to be afraid when you walk in. You can walk in with confidence. Now, when I go to someone else's house, Usually I knock on the door, or if I know them really well, I might open the door and yell in and say, hey, it's Jesse, but I still don't walk in with confidence right away. I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know if they're naked inside or what's going on inside. You know, you gotta, you're a little bit careful because it's not your own home, right? We can boldly and most confidently go into the throne room of God. It is amazing truth. All that temple structure, the temple systems, that religious structure where you have to jump through all these things and do all these things to get to the presence of God, it's been removed in Christ Jesus. In fact, 1 John 4, 8 says this. There is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. It is amazing how many people think that when they come into the presence of God, they have to come in with, with complete fear and they're freaking out and, and they think God is just waiting to punish them and waiting to you know, smack them on their hiney for all the mistakes they've made that week and, and you know, God's just disappointed with them. And it's been... Sin has been done. It is finished. Jesus has forgiven us. Now, God loves us. He's not going to keep us where we are. He's going to keep moving us towards how he's created us and building us up. But, but again, there's not this, this barrier of sin anymore. There's not this barrier of rules and regulations. We can, the, the phraseology is with confidence and boldness you can go in to the most holy place. Meaning, you understand that when you walk in, God's not there to punish you. That you are walking into a God who defines himself by love. And that he looks at you with eyes of peace and welcomes you. I mean, this is the reality of being in Christ. This, this idea that, 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 you know, you don't have to worry. You know, sometimes, you know, new folks, they show up at church. Well, I don't know if I should come to church because, you know, lightning might strike the building or something. Again, it's this, this religious construct of rules and regulations that Jesus has removed. And no matter who you are and what you're going through, boldly go into the throne room of grace because that is where help is found. We all need mercy. We all need grace. And it's found in the presence of God. And so, I mean, also in this text, the, the idea that we can approach God without fear, even if we don't have it all together. Again, the text says, let us boldly, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Notice of our gracious God. It's not an angry God. It's not a God who's ticked off at you. It's a gracious God. There is no fear in love. Gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And it's this idea that we're actually coming in boldly even though we're broken. We're coming in boldly even though we have great needs. And maybe you today have great needs in your life. Maybe there is a brokenness that is just seemingly overwhelming you. Maybe the, the loneliness of this crazy pandemic is really starting to get to you and, and you're feeling like you're ready to crack it up. Even like that, you can boldly, most confidently go into the very throne room of grace knowing God is going to receive you. He is a gracious, gracious God. And he's thrilled when he sees you. 
Again, sometimes we, we have this idea because we're all broken, we're all messy in certain ways that, that when I come into the presence of God that somehow, you know, he's going to be slightly disappointed with us or, you know, condemning us or shaming us. But again, over and over the New Testament says that God will not shame us. There's no condemnation. And we go in knowing that he's actually thrilled when he sees us. As, as Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And speaking about God looking at us, that, that we actually give him great pleasure, even in our brokenness, because, because he loves us and he sees deeper than, than our brokenness. That, that when you walk in, you need to picture God with delight in his eyes. It's like the, the prodigal son, the father running towards his broken son. And, and this is the way the father does. He runs towards us even in our brokenness as we enter the throne room of grace. In fact, I always like to picture, you know, the triune God saying, you know, this, this is Jesse, whom I am well pleased. And some people get a little uncomfortable about that because that's what, what God the Father said to Jesus, right? <laughs> you know, at, at his baptism, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And, and, and sometimes we think that God is super pleased with Jesus, but he's certainly not pleased with me. But the reality is, in John 17, Jesus says that God loves us exactly the same as he loves Jesus. There, there's no lessening of his love. The, the, the same love the Father has for the Son is the exact same love he has for us, which shows how deep God's love really is. Because to have the ability to love somebody deeply, and they're perfect, that's easy, but to love somebody who's broken, that's harder, but this is what God does. He loves us even in our brokenness. He's lavishing his love upon us and this is the truth and so i just want to invite the worship team up because i just want to do just a little prayer exercise here as we we come to a close maybe you can just close your eyes i just want to do a little exercise of, of, of picturing ourselves coming into the temple let's take a moment moment and uh let's take a deep breath Maybe just for a moment, just picture maybe something that you're struggling with, a need that you have. And you can picture yourself walking towards, towards the temple because you know you need God. And you know you need his presence. And so you walk up the stairs and you, you come into the court of the Gentiles and there you see the Sorek, this boundary wall. And you see people who are stuck behind it. But you know you have been set free. You know that in Christ there are no more barriers, there are no more rules or regulations that you need to jump through. And so you walk right past the Sorek and you head into the inner temple. And there you see the court of women. You see women worshiping at a distance, but you know Jesus has pulled down those barriers, has pulled down those walls, 
and you go right past the court of women into the court of men. And you see men worshiping there. You see people stuck in that old religious system, but you know Jesus has paved the way, has torn the curtain, and so you march right past into the court of priests. And maybe there's some priests looking at you wondering why you're there. And you just say, hey, Jesus calls me a royal priest. There's no more barriers. And you go past the court of priests, and there you stand before the curtain. And you see the curtain is torn. And maybe for a moment you you feel maybe just a bit nervous because you're about to go into the very throne room of God. But then you just think the fact that it is finished. Sin is no longer a barrier. Your brokenness is no longer a wall. A God is love and there is no fear in love and all of a sudden you just begin to sense this invitation into the presence of a loving God. And you go through that curtain and you go in boldly and confidently trusting your reality in Christ. And there you see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and they see you. And you see such delight in their eyes. They're so, so glad to see you. And as you take a step forward, they they start making their way towards you. And they embrace you. And they say, you are my son. You are my daughter. And I am so very pleased with you. And whatever needs you have, whatever brokenness you came in, just allow His perfect mercy and His perfect grace just begin to wash over that brokenness, to wash over that need. And boldly, confidently receive that into your inner being. I'm just going to end with this because the reality is this whole picture of walking into the temple, even that has been torn down in Christ Jesus. Because it says in John 14, speaking about God himself, that the triune God will come to you and make you our dwelling place. That it's not about us walking into the temple, that God actually makes us his temple that he actually comes to us, that, that the New Testament talks about how we are the temple of God, that we actually become the holy of holies. And so this idea of us even having to make our way into the temple and into the, the most holy place, even that has been taken down, that wherever you are, that you are in the holy place, the most holy place, because God has made his home in you. So you don't have to work your way through a temple to reach the presence of God. You don't have to come to a church building to reach the presence of God. Wherever you are, even in your home, the holy of holies is right in you.